We now bring to you Aaron and Jonah. I'm here with Aaron and Jonah. We're continuing digging into the events of January 6th. Many do not know what really took place this day. We, we have the media narrative. We have what the government puts out. We see through the FBI as they put out news releases, press releases, even in this last year alone, out of 382 press releases, nearly 360 of those were all related to January 6th. And this is specifically dedicated to what is considered terrorism news. One of the things I believe wholeheartedly for the church and for our nation is we have to stand on truth and we shouldn't shy back from what truth is. And so, Aaron and Jonah, I thank you for taking this time. We're just going to delve into a discussion on the, the events of that day and to the best of your recollection of what took place. All right. Well, Travis, thanks for having me and my brother. Um, what a fun day, J6, as it's kind of been known. We, uh, we went out there as a family, me, my mom and dad, uh, and then my two other brothers, uh, Isaac and Aaron. We all went out there. We got out there couple of days before, you know, the day and got set up, kind of treated it like a, a mini vacation, a mini vacation. Yeah. We're going to, you know, our nation's capital. I don't think any of us had been. No, that was my first time going. Yeah. We all wanted to go, you know, see the sites and Washington Monument, um, Abraham Lincoln. That was one that we wanted to go see, see where uh, Martin Luther King gave a speech, all that good stuff. We got in there a couple of days before, kind of hung out. The day of was... Started out bright and early. We got up. I think our president, Mr. Trump, was giving a speech at noon. It was, I think it's scheduled for noon. So, and we were even out there probably 7.30-ish to, you know. Walking on the streets around 7.30. And there were, well, I want to back up just a little bit. It was interesting because we got to D.C. And it's our nation's capital. And one thing that immediately, like, hit me was the fact that it looked like downtown Minneapolis as far as everything was boarded up. Like the whole city, our hotel, we stayed at a decent hotel. We got a heck of a deal. Stayed at a decent hotel. The whole lobby was boarded up. Windows boarded up. Like all the the, the restaurants, the stores, everything surrounding boarded the windows up. Sim- similar like with the George Floyd. Uh, it, it looked it like that kind of boarding. It mimicked that, that yeah. yeah. Mimicked like all, that. it mimicked mm-hmm. that. It was insane. And I'm like, oh, what the heck happened here? But people-wise, what was the attitude? I mean, did you sense? I, people, I think, were c- confused. Like, why are these windows boarded up? And I don't think anybody had the intention to go there to uh, riot. Nobody had, did. I mean, you walked around. It was it was honestly like a little it was like a little party everywhere you went. You know, everybody was you know good God fearing American loving patriots. At the end of the day, you know, from what I met, ninety nine point nine percent of everybody that I met out there didn't matter the color of their skin, didn't matter their you know where where they're from, none of that. They all just loved God for the most yeah. part. And loved our country. You know, I went to Minneapolis the, uh, during the peak of the George Floyd riot, the night it was happening, and I, I saw them burning, you know, cars. I saw them literally break into a bank and rob it. People were flowing in there. It was insane. They broke into ATM machines. I saw them break into Aldi's, you know, start robbing and looting, burning houses down, burning the post office down. It looked like a war zone, like you were... Going through like maybe Fallujah or something like that, you know, during the height of just when the the uh, 
in the uh, insurgency and attacking, but there wasn't, yeah, gunshots. You know, it wasn't bodies on the ground, but it was still that same fires, you know, and smoke and explosions from fireworks and things. It, it, it was insane. And I think they were anticipating that to happen with people going to go and see Trump, you know, when he spoke on, on January 6th. Which in 6th. some way with what 2020 was, sorry, my recollection, I don't think that would be that abnormal in the sense of I agree. Su- how many summer riots. love. I agree with you on <laughs> the that. Summer love is what they call it. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for them to have that in their mind, like, here we go again. Yeah, I could see your point with that. But that's 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 not what happened. But the attitude with the people is what, what I'm interested in hearing a bit about. Right. Because generally speaking, and, and again, this I'm coming in from the angle of what people may only know. Mm-hmm. January 6th, it's the worst day our nation has seen since Pearl Harbor on September 11th. Uh, you hear the media saying that. I've yes. never heard that from anybody else in normal well, life. And that, that's a good clarification. And yeah, and I'm focusing in on what the media is putting out. Right. That's a good thing to focus um, on. I agree. Any with the January 6th committee and stuff, this is, is strongly the rhetoric of, of what's presented regarding that day. Mm-hmm. Now, now, certainly, small town America and, and other areas, yeah, as you mentioned, that I haven't heard anybody say that outright to me as well. It's because that but, just isn't the case. You know, objectively, if you look at even the videos that are available, that isn't the case. What happened there, you know, there, there were some people who broke some windows. Some people broke some chairs. You had bad actors in the crowd. You and I think them. that they were so actors. Early morning, I mean, early morning when you guys are going on Monument Mall, sightseeing. Mm-hmm. Early morning. Okay, so we all wake up bright and early. The sun's not even out, right? Yeah. We get our coffee. We're walking. Everybody, if you look around, it looks like we're all heading to like a Vikings. That's the only way that I can like relate to it is like a Vikings game, right? Like you're everybody's walking to the stadium at 1145. We're waving flags. Like, you know, this is at like 7 a.m. And it's constant all day. Just people. So we all start walking towards the the yard or the the big lawn next to the Washington Monument. What's it called? The Eclipse Eclipse Lawn. The uh, anyway, the looking poor, but it is long story short, it's it's the big lawn next to the Washington Monument where President Trump gave a speech. Sure. There's a long line to get in, so we're all walking there. The first thing that I noticed that nobody talks about and nobody knows about, other than the people are there that were there, is how many Chinese Americans were there. And there were anti-CCP everywhere. Tell, tell people listening what that is, CCP. The Chinese Communist Party. It was insane how these Chinese people had this organized. And I was like, why are there so many Chinese people pushing, you know, don't trust the CCP. The CCP is coming for you. The Chinese Communist Party. The dragon. You know, like, dragon. A lot of, and a lot of them were believers. Like, I would say probably 90 Handing 90. out flyers for this. They had... <sighs> Like lines of vehicles with big billboards on it, and they would go in like a caravan to where they do chore parking, right? And then once it, there was an hour and fifty minutes up, another caravan would pull in behind them. The first one would move out, and they'd pull right into that same spot. Just a, a, a machine. A, a machine. They were so organized, like warning us about the CCP, the and, Chinese and Communist Party. And you don't Party. see that in no me. You might not have even known about that. My mom might have discussed that with you. But that was the first thing and probably the thing to this day that like hits me more than maybe even that day is how much anti-CCP was there for warning. It yes. was a big warning. It was massive. The, 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 it was massive. So, you know, with, with that being said, that's maybe something to look into that there is that element that we aren't seeing, but people know is happening. And there is a culture. I'm sure the Chinese immigrants are saying. But immediately, that's what hit me is the anti-CCP warning everywhere. It was incredible. Like, I, that was the first time I'd ever seen that. And it was just everywhere. And, of course, you don't see that 
and any coverage of that whole day. And then we we went. It was a very, very long line to get into the there's a fenced off area where President Trump was giving a speech. And I believe that was the Eclipse Lawn. I'm almost positive it was the mm-hmm. Eclipse Lawn. And we waited there for President Trump. Immediately, you noticed how many people were there praying, like everywhere. There were circles of people that would get together and pray. There's a lot of people with their cameras out. A lot of people were recording the day. It's the most documented, quote unquote, crime ever because like everybody and their mother, especially in 2021, has a video camera on them, including myself, including Aaron, including you, you know? We waited for quite some time for President Trump to come and give a speech, but... I think he was about an hour and a half late or yeah. something. Which, that's a significant amount of time. That was. And kind of looking at back at the day... You know, and honestly, we didn't even, like, see Trump in person. There were some people there that there were, like, projections and speakers. So, you know, some, some different speakers came up. You had, you know, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene came up. Trump Jr., you know, spoke. Giuliani spoke. Giuliani spoke, yeah. Um, and, and then finally... You know, Trump gets up, he just talks, and he, you know, spoke about the election and the irregularities. You know, he was saying, you know, we're not trying to change end results. We need to send these results back to the electorates and have them take a look. Was there malfeasance there? That's all we're asking. We're hoping that Mike Pence, he had the the duty as a vice president to not certify it if there were that many documented irregularities and send it back to the electorates to take a look. And so he's, you know, speaking on this and, you know, he goes on with uh, his, his, his portion of that. And then finally, you know, he's like, you know, and I think you should peacefully make your way over to the uh, Capitol building and peacefully, you know, let your voices be heard. Now, did you guys plan on going to the Capitol prior to No, speech? no. I mean, no. we were going to wander. Well, we were going to wander around everywhere. We were going to go see all the uh, sites there. I'm sure we would have went to Jefferson Monument. Jefferson Monument. Yeah, like we, we want to go see all the monuments. You know, is Washington, D.C. where they're it, on a little staycation? Yeah, the Monument vacation. Mall is... I've been there once and it was worth the trip. It's, yeah. an, I, it's I, impressive. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, we had no specific plans just to go to the Capitol after that. It was... We, we went with the crowd. And what was like strange, they're like, these, these people are so, I think, corrupt and disgusting in there, you know, in the area. They uh, didn't allow porta potties or any portable bathrooms to be placed out. <laughs> and so this <laughs> is sad, right. but you know, you had like old women who had to like, you know, go in the bushes, you know, because they can hold it. It's like, what is going on here? So that's kind of where things started like, this isn't good. Yeah. And it really hit on your point, Travis, the question about, did we ever think plan or even have the intentions of going over there? None of us had that in our minds, the whole group, nobody. So an interesting part about the Capitol and that whole day is I'm 99.9% right that the first people that were quote unquote attacking slash doing things that they should not have been doing at the Capitol occurred well before Trump even finished giving a speech. Correct? Yes. Um. Yeah. Well before that, we were making our way over. And as we were making our way over, like before the initial crowd, because we were probably towards the front of the crowd, you know, we were in the back of the uh, speech, you know, so we were one of the first, you know, probably 50,000 you know, five, maybe I'll say 5,000 people there that started kind of making our way in there. And we started, we were already hearing uh, percussion grenades go off, like explosions. And I thought it was cannons. Like, I thought it was like cannons for like a <laughs> celebration going that's off. What my, like, oh. That's what my stepdad said. He's like, oh, they're, they're shooting cannons. <laughs> and I look and I'm like, they're not shooting cannons. They're shooting uh, percussion grenades into this crowd. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. So you, you, weren't, you didn't arrive until the police started their attack. Correct. Well, 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 well after that. At the point 
from my understanding of what took that place that day when when those concussion grenades started, that went on for about an hour. I think it is it was happening before Trump's speech even ended. There were people who were already there, and they were already you know doing whatever they were doing, you know pushing through the barriers before we even arrived and before Trump even finished his speech. And so yeah, and and the only reason why the crowd went over there because the crowd went there was I would say over half of the crowd went. Yeah, it was just because Trump said let's go down. He said, "Let's walk walk down Constitutional Avenue or whatever, mm-hmm. and go peacefully, down, go down to the Capitol, and our heard. voices peacefully be heard." You know that. And so the whole crowd turns like a freaking army, you know. And and President Trump told us to go down here. We're all assuming the only reason why we went there is because we assumed he was going to come over and give a speech or something. He said, "Let's go down there," like plural, like we're all going to go, right? Okay, so you head over, and then <laughs> you hear the concussion grenades. Correct. All right. What happened next? Yeah, we were far away from all of that. We were, you know, with we were, we actually had met an older couple, and we were kind of with them, and we were just making sure that we were all staying together in this large crowd. You know, you didn't want to lose one another. And what happened after that is, you know, Bob, made, my dad made the comment, "Oh, they're firing the cannons." I thought the same dang thing. I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." Like, I didn't know if this is something that they do in the Capitol. You know, at our nation's capital, when something like this, I don't know. But come to find out, it was. Precaution grenades, as well as what was that? Was it tear gas? Tear gas. They were just spraying mace everywhere. Um, Sending tear gas into crowds of people that were doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, just just kind of hanging out, and they uh, people were walking up, and as we're walking up, sent this uh, like people who were in like SWAT uniforms, you know, with like riot shields at us, and we were just you know walking up to them, and they saw the crowd coming at them. They turned around and they started running. Uh, this one female officer. She hits the ground and like the look of terror on her face, like we were going to jump on her and, you know, maul her. But we run up to her, we pick her up and we're like, listen, we're not here to hurt you. Let's go. I'm like, we hand her off to some of her officers. It's like, listen, help her along. She clearly shouldn't be, you know, in this position. And so we're walking off and I recall talking to one of the guys. I'm like, listen, man, I, I grabbed this guy's arm. I'm like, hey, we are not here to assault or, you know, hurt you. So remember this right here. We picked her up off the ground, and we're, we're walking back with you. I'm like, remember this. So we continue up and around, you know, to the uh, back entrance of the Capitol, and- oh, That might be the main entrance. I don't know. On the south side of it. This, the, yeah, maybe it was the south side. You know, we're there, and, you know, people are already, you know, kind of yelling and protesting by the door. But there's a group of, there, there's a group of officers, there's a crowd, and we were we were observing. We weren't pushing. We weren't hitting. We weren't doing nothing. There, but there was a group of officers, four of them, five of them maybe, being smunched against two doors by a crowd of people that are just kind of like pushing. It seemed like you know, like you can't stop the crowd. So we got off to one side. Me and Isaac did, and Aaron, and like I, we made like a human blockade for these officers to literally like move. Now the doors, we did not did not push them. We did not touch them. We did not bust them down. The doors were open from the inside. And all of a sudden, a flow, like an there avalanche. There were some bad actors there. And, you know, as I said before, I went down to Minneapolis and I saw the actors that were there. And I'm going to call it out. It was Antifa who had organized and they were there. There was Antifa looking people in this crowd. I recall seeing this one kid dressed like an Antifa member, black, tight pants, you know, the militaristic boots, the black, you know, jacket, face covered up. He runs up behind this cop who's just standing there. He's talking to his his other police officer friends. 
And he comes behind him, sprays him in the face, and then runs away. Just out of, like, nowhere. And I'm like, what the heck was that? So, this, uh... A guy that looked like he was, you know, a part of Antifa came up and he did this. And this is like, when I first started seeing things, I'm like, this has remnants of Antifa. Antifa and, and what happened at some of the riots. It's pretty easy to distinguish, too, because as far as... They are dressed. They dress yeah. militaristic. You know, like, we had on our hats, right? Some of us had MAGA hats on because we're at a Trump rally, right? But none of us, I mean, it's in the middle of COVID. The mask thing we all thought was kind of a load of crock. None of us had masks on. But then you had these all black dressed people, full face masks, little isolates. And I re- distinctly remember at one point in time when those officers were kind of getting pushed, they would like pull up and pepper spray. And then there was this little itty bitty kid, that person that I remember like, as I was like trying to keep the crowd back, like from pushing into these officers, he would pop out, he would spray the officers and then he would disappear with pepper spray. And that happened like, a couple of times, you you remember this, mm-hmm. and I distinctly was like, I shouted like, "Stop spraying that and stuff!" You know, like I was like, "What are you doing? Stop!" And that's obviously on camera, but they, they'll never show that. But it was this all black, black ski mask, essentially little slits, pop out, spray, and then disappear. It was incredible, like a ninja. <laughs> yeah, there was that element, and I believe there was also um, either. Agents that were from some law enforcement or federal agency or state that were there, and they were in the crowd as agitators. Um, there was this guy who, you know, I was in the service for a while, and so you, you kind of have a look when you've done 20 years in the service. You know, you're still pretty, you know, stocky, fit. You've got that worn look to you. There was this guy who was there who had that look to him, and he was like, you know, in this crowd, and he's, you know, kind of pushing up on. The uh, back when uh, the backs of guys were up by the door, and he comes up to me. You know, I'm there in the crowd, and he grabs my arm, and he's like, "Hey, man, we're doing good. Keep it up. We're almost there." And then I watch him kind of, you know, wander off, and he goes up to one of the cops, and he grabs him by the arm. And he's like, "Listen, man, stay strong. We're almost there. Keep it up." And then I stop, and I'm like, "Hey, who are you with? Who are you with?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm with these guys here. Just two random guys." And I. And they kind of look at me like, you know, whatever. Maybe he's with us. Maybe he isn't. I'm like, I think this guy's a fed. And they both shook their head. He isn't with us. And so the guy disappears back in the crowd. I also was, you know, kind of looking around. And I saw this other guy who had, this, he was in his late 20s, you know, and had the look of, you know, either military or police look, you know, clean shaven, fit. And he's just in the back and he's standing there. And I'm like, hey, man, what you doing? And he's like, oh, I, I can't participate in this. I have a weapon on me. I'm like, what do you mean you have a weapon on you? And he's like, yeah, I, I have a weapon on me. I'm like, wait, you, you brought a gun here? He's like, no, I have a knife. I'm like, let, I'm like, let me see it. Pulls up his shirt and he has a K-bar shoved into his pants. And he's like, here, take it. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to take that. I'm like, you're going to either get yourself killed or, or get somebody else killed. I'm like, throw that in the trash. So I'm like, come with me. I'm looking for a trash, but I'm seeing people like, you know, pick up trash cans and throw it. And it's like, he couldn't even throw it in the bushes. And I'm like, okay, you know what? You have to leave. You can't even be here with that thing. And he walks off and he just stands back, like just watching, you know? So with all this being said, I believe it was a a, uh, nefarious coordinated effort that was happening on on different levels. So you believe he was trying to hand off? I believe he was trying to hand off weapons because there were weapons that were showing up, you know, like canisters of mace were just showing up. People were trying to pass them out. It's And (laughs) nobody... That was in the Trump rally. 
or it was at the uh, Trump speech that I saw, just had backpacks full of mace. Nobody had mace in their hands. Nobody had weapons there. Well, now with that mace, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the charges you're facing is there's a photo of you handing off mace. So we're in the crowd and, you know, to my defense on that, or people were, you know, passing things up, water bottles, you know, whatever it was, and someone just, you know, passing this mace, I tapped my shoulder, passed this can of mace, and I'm, I don't want this, and I passed it off. I didn't bring it with me. This is an interesting picture. So there's there's other men around. Correct. You don't know for sure who they men, are. Men, women. But they're, they're coming in out of the blue saying, hey, keep it up. You got that other gentleman with that knife that was under his shirt looking to hand that off. Correct. Um, bags of mace getting handed out to who, whoever would accept them. You know, you're People in from the crowd popping out and mace and the yeah. officers. And right. You're in the crowd and someone taps your shoulder and just hands you something. Now, how chaotic is it? Is it at this point? It's 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 more of like at this point the crowd has has been kind of amped up. Let me recap this a bit. So you're you're at, you're at Trump's speech. Yes. You head over. Mm-hmm. Thinking Trump tells us to go over. You head over, and on your way over, you're hearing the concussion grenades going off. As we get to, I don't know, I don't recollect what the pool is, but we're all around the, the north side of the Capitol. Yeah. All together, yeah. Once we could see the Capitol, that's like, well, we we came around the corner and we saw, you know, like smoke wafting. At least we thought it was smoke. Yeah. And then- the CS gas. And, yeah, right. and then all of a sudden, boom. And my, you know, again, my stepdad's like, oh, they're they're shooting cannons. And I'm like, oh, that, cannons? Wow, that's that's kind of weird. That was the first thought I had too. Like, huh, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so so you continue to move up. And so as, as time is progressing, is the overall crowd all throughout the area- Getting more amped up, or is this something that's just happening close up at the doors? Pretty much close up at the doors. I mean, people are surrounding the Capitol. So the uh, mentality of the crowd was we were singing the uh, Star Spangled Banner, you know, in front of the doors there. And we were there singing. We were there, you know, chanting. You know, we were there, you know, so people were praying. It was, it was whatever. It was a crowd that was, you know, we were raising our voices, letting them know that we were outside and like, hey, do the right thing. Yeah. Letting our voices be heard, redressing our grievances with the government, utilizing our First Amendment right, if um, we believe in those such things, right? And then at some point, the doors from the inside open up, and there were police there, you know, people there, they opened them up. They opened the up the doors, and Bob, our father... Got sprayed in the face, just And some, he somebody. fell over. Now, picture this, he falls, the doors are open from the inside, people and are stampeding. Are pr- a stampede. So me and Isaac... Not entering the Capitol, tried to hold back this crowd of people. I remember Unse- pick him up off Aaron the ground. picked him up off the ground because he would have been trampled to death. You hear about this at soccer events, right? That's what people I thought. I was like, they're going to kill this guy. That's exactly what I thought, too. And me and Isaac were able to hold back the crowd enough until we eventually got pushed. Like, and there's so, no way to stop it. So he gets washed into the Capitol. I, I believe one of the police officers guided him and sat him down on a bench. They did. Or it was one of the uh, crowd members. Somebody did. And I'm on the outside and I'm I'm looking and I see him on the bench and uh, I grab one of the officers. I'm like, hey, I point like that's my you know father right there. He was sprayed in the face with mace. He's sitting right there. I need to go and get him. The officer is like, go ahead. He ushers me inside. When I get inside, it's the weirdest, most surreal thing. I first I hear people you know chanting, yelling treason, treason, and then I start hearing like a flute, like a, a piccolo, you know, somebody playing revolutionary time you know, flute. I look and they're like the center of this promenade, there were two guys dressed up as... Um, so rotunda. Yeah, and the rotunda dressed up as revolutionary, you know, uniforms. 
the hats, they're playing the drums in, the flute, and they're holding a flag just in the middle of it. It was incredible. Was that Yoder? I have no idea who it was. I don't know it who was it was, but it was it was it was pretty cool. And then I see this old lady. She it had might to have be, been. She had to be in her sixties, seventies, five foot nothing. She's carrying this flag that was bigger than her, just walking around this with this American flag inside of that rotunda. But again, and I've only been allegedly inside of that building. I got pushed in once, right? And there were. It was it was a museum. It was our it's our it house. Like a museum. It's, it's gorgeous. It's like it's the capital of the United States of America. Now there were red velvet ropes everywhere. Like stay back from the pieces. Do you think one of those got knocked over? Do you think one piece got broken, damaged, burned? Of those those paintings that are on the wall that are priceless. How many were slashed? How many were spray painted? How many were burned? Not a single one. Why is that? If this insurrection, these horrendous. Uh, domestic terrorists when you got inside, inside building when you got inside it looked like people were on a museum fourth of july tour yeah of the capital everybody's awe-inspired so at this time people are starting to get inside correct and uh, again we're on? walking we're there are people walking around we're walking around and there are cops essentially like escort not escorting people out but just like with them they're not saying hey you do not belong in here you're trespassing get out now not once not once did I hear that. Do you know why I, I ended up leaving early? Because of the fact that Bob got mace so darn bad, he could barely breathe, so I walked him back to the hotel. And as I'm leaving walking him back, now, probably an hour after the first agitators did something to our nation's capital, who shows up with the National Guard? Hour and a half after the first brick was thrown through a window? The, the National Guard didn't show up when I was out there. I didn't see them show up. Like, when we were walking out, they had police vehicles that were outside, and, you know, they, they weren't on fire. They weren't burned. Maybe you were seeing the uh Maybe, like, the, the swap teams and MRAPs. Yeah, but still, like, now all of a sudden everybody's pouring in. But, again, nobody is there. Other than agitators and other than there might – there obviously are people who are just dumb, right, on all sides and all parties and all ends and all – things there might have been one or two dumb trump supporters but the majority of people that are there that were doing destructive things that were getting reprimand reprimanded by the crowd were most likely paid actors or people who were trying to instigate something so that they have a purpose with their life such as fbi right so there's this count of suspicious actors of some sort if you're there you know you know and, and i've heard this from many others you know after i left i was only in there you know 10 minutes maybe less than that looking yeah. around and you then, looked around a little bit you had none of us yeah. went into like the the senate floor none you know of us did i didn't go that crazy. far i just kind of looked around i'm like this is all inspiring this is this is pretty cool and i walk back outside and then i walk around to another door it's wide open and there's this guy who's in a suit with police around him and he's like come on inside you guys want to come inside come inside and i'm like uh no i've already been in there i'm okay but he was started by police, and he was saying, come on inside, guys. Come on inside. And so there is video evidence of that happening. And those are charges that the FBI breaks down your door for, you know? Now, talk a bit on this. This Okay, so this is what Jonah was charged for. Was this up to this point? This is Jonah's charge right here for going inside the Capitol. He and Bob have the charges of trespassing. Picketing and demonstrating. In a prohibited area or something like that. Which I didn't know that our nation's capital was somewhere you could trespass as far as 
I like I'm not but, walking down onto the center floor. But even if it is, I don't think it's warranted for the FBI to come kick your door in with thirty guns armed agents here I with have, a SWAT team. So give some context now of. So the FBI came to my house on April 9th of 2021 at six six thirty in the morning, and for a nonviolent misdemeanor, kicked in the front door. Wait, wait. Let's let's pause that for a second. Rewind it. Prior to that happening. Two agents showed up at the house, knocked on the door, and asked for Jonah. He wasn't at the house. They gave me his. Uh, they gave me their card. Right away, I called Jonah. I'm like, listen, the FBI showed up at the house looking for you. At, he comes back right away to the house, and within an hour, two hours, we've contacted an attorney. And I had a, an attorney on... on um, retainer. Retainer within an hour. Within an hour. And this guy starts to reach out to the FBI. To the agent, because they left a card to the for agents. to give them. Uh, he doesn't hear anything back from them. He reaches out on multiple occasions, nothing. Uh, so, well, he he did get some response back, but there wasn't much, nothing meaningful. Oh, we just want to we want to ask him some yeah, questions. We want to question. So, and then Tra- Travis, my first attorney, was like, you know, was like, okay, great, let's schedule something. Me and my client will come down there. Dead silent. So this was in January, correct? This was in January or February. Um, you know, I'm obviously kind of sweating a little bit here in the news. Like I'm driving down the interstate and I'm seeing the FBI billboard, <laughs> you know, report these people I'm like, dang, who, who, who's going to do that? That happened to me. So Travis, a couple, a little bit goes by and then Travis tells me that, Hey, you know what, man, we're, we're probably in the clear. Haven't heard anything. You know, you don't sweat it. We're probably all good. I'm like, whew. This is about two months after, maybe. So I, I tell you know, my lady friend, I'm like, hey, we're good. I just got the call from Travis. Like, he thinks we're good. And within two weeks, now I don't think Travis was in on this, obviously, but within two weeks, um, April 9th, which was a Friday, the FBI shows up at 6, 6 o'clock. They had to have been outside the house. By 6.15, I hear this loud, boom, 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 FBI, open up. And then before anybody could get out of bed, before anybody could do anything, bam, they knock the front door in. The front door that you saw upstairs is not the front door that we had April 9th of 2021, right? So immediately, they knock in the front door. Now, I live in the apartment, right? You see where we're at? We're in my apartment right now. Completely separate entrance. They knew. Obviously, they know this because they're watching for the FBI. They knock in the front door. They come in. With how many? How many? So they had a fire team, and so I was in the service. And what you do on, with a fire team when you're sweeping a house, you have four to five guys, and you stack up, and you basically go in a line, and you have what are called lines of fire. And so these guys were kitted up like I was kitted up when I went to Iraq and Afghanistan, bulletproof vests on, you know, M4s with tactical optics on it, you know, flashlights. Mounted to it, they had you know Kevlar you know vests on, they had helmets on, and they come basically kick my door in, and I'm still you know in a grog, and I see a flashlight with a gun behind it, and they're like FBI FBI put your hands up don't move, and I'm like what are you guys doing? I believe that's what I I say to them like what are you doing? I'm like don't point that gun at me. <laughs> I'm in bed, and this guy's like put your hands up stand up, and so I. St- you know, stand up. I'm like, I'm not going to do anything. Do not point that gun at me. So this guy grabs my hands, puts them behind my back. I'm not restraining. He cuffs me. 
you know, brings me upstairs. And they're going through the house and clearing it like they're on a uh, clearing operation. Like they're in a kill house. I just couldn't believe that they did that. And I'm like, what are you guys like, like? Like, what's going on? And they started asking, where's Jonah? Where's Jonah? We're looking for Jonah. And they start tearing the house apart. And I'm like, stop tearing the house apart. He doesn't live in this portion of the house. And they're like, where is he? Where is he? And I'm like, he has his own apartment. And then they're like, where is it? And I'm like, what do you mean, where is it? When I say that, they start ripping the couch apart. And I'm like, stop. He's right over there. Once I said that, I'm like, let me go and get him. They grab their battering ram. And I'm like, just knock on his door. And they're like, oh, we're going to knock on his door. <laughs> <laughs> he must see them. Walk by. I hear the whole thing transpiring. <laughs> I'm down here, dude. I'm like, I get on the phone I'm like, with my lady friend, and I call her. I'm like, babe, <laughs> the FBI is upstairs, and I hear them. They're looking for me. I love you. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> they're here for me at the end of the day. <laughs> Got my last call in quick. So I watch them scamper off around, and I hear Jonah. He has the door open. He's like, hey, I'm in here, guys. Don't break the door down. And they're like, come out with your hands up. So they grab him, cuff him, and as I'm looking around, uh, they have the house surrounded, you know, lights flashing, vehicles up both sides of the street, in front of the neighbor's houses, uh, you know, officers in people's yards, you know, setting up like, you know, cover and fire positions, you know, like they're ready to get into a gunfight. And I'm like, what is going on here? It's just my mind is blown. For a non-violent misdemeanor. For a non, for a trespassing, picketing you know, misdemeanor. They kicked the door in and acted like that. Put me in cuffs, took me down to the uh, federal courthouse, which is where the U.S. Marshal's office is. I was booked in the U.S. Marshal's office. Put you in ankle shackles. Yeah. In ankle shackles. Ankle shackles. Handcuffs. Yeah. Just for you to sit there and then go in front of a judge and then get released the same day. He was, how, how long did they hold you? I was there for eight hours. Okay. Yeah. They took him for the day and mm. released him the same day. Like, we didn't know. We thought he was I gone. thought I was going to spend the weekend there yeah. for a little bit. I know? thought he was heading down to, I thought he was going to jail. I was like, he ain't coming back. He gone. He gone. <laughs> That's what I thought. He's not coming back. But fortunately, they released him, you know, within eight hours. And that was strange. And so, you know, right away, we went to the neighbors, started knocking on doors. And they're like, did, did someone get murdered there? You guys, drug dealing? It's like, no. We explained the situation to them. We had the warrant, and we basically explained what the warrant said. You know, misdemeanor, and the neighbors are in shock. They're like, I don't believe this. And we showed it to them. It's like, this is what it says. We had them pass the words to the other neighbors. I mean, just so. Just so they're not. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. I mean, the FBI, how many, how many people do you know in your whole life that the FBI has busted on their house? Well, more and more. But honestly. But no. It's, yeah. it's you know not, what I mean? Generally speaking, with something like that happens, it's... Yeah. It's usually it's you're criminal a, related. An actual um, true bad guy. Like a bad for, guy. For that extent, an, yeah, a bad guy. A bad guy. Some kind of criminal Sigma organization. Bad, bad guys. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> but they only took me, right? So that was just Jonah that got arrested, taken away. And then, you know, so I've been on pre-trial release since uh, April 9th of 2021. And then six months later in October... You know, about the same time, 6, 6.30 in the morning. So, so before we get into that, um, so that all transpired from the first portion that happened, you know, which we just discussed, you know, just entering the Capitol. 
So those were those charges there. From the trespassing, essentially. Trespassing. In our nation's capital. Not going into yeah, like well, the Senate ground like floor. So you're facing charges of trespassing. Picketing, picketing and demonstrating, staying and remaining in a restricted area. In in an area that wasn't marked and officials waved you in. Correct. Okay. Got it. So we start leaving that area, all of us together. Um, myself, Bob, Isaac, and Jonah. We didn't know where my mom was. She was, you know, somewhere right. out, out in the crowd. Now we know that she's up praying on a, on a hill. <laughs> so we start walking back. And so we start walking around the side, you know, heading back towards the uh, hotel. And I see this massive crowd on the other side of the Capitol. Like thousands and thousands of people. And I can't even give you a number, but thousands. And I'm seeing, you know, people holding signs and you know, just it looked like another gathering there. So I'm like, you guys, let's go check this out. Bob and Jonah, they um, declined. They decided to go back to the hotel. You know, Bob had just been sprayed in the face with mace and he, you know, I think had enough of that day. Jonah, you know, walked him back, escorted him back. So I went with Isaac and we... How much time passed? Five minutes. Just basically time for us to walk around the side of it. Maybe less than that. So we get around the side and we see another crowd. So we decided to go and walk up again. And again, it's like... You see people dressed up again as, you know, the uh, Patriot, you know, you, you see people. <laughs> this one guy, it was, it was kind of funny. He had this uh, Joe Biden mask on, this big cutout, and he had this uh, prison jumpsuit on. <laughs> we just thought it was like kind of funny, you know, so things like that. People were, you know, waving flags, you know, singing, things like that. Just having an all-around good time. And so we're walking through the crowd, you know, and we're, we're kind of walking up the stairs. We get up the stairs. And, you know, we start seeing a commotion up by another entrance. And so we're, we're kind of getting pushed up there, you know, going with like the flow of the crowd. And as we're heading up there, I see this police officer who's up by the entrance of the door. He gets somehow dragged down from his comrades and down the stairs into the crowd. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I hope the crowd doesn't hurt this guy. But as soon as he, you know, got down into the crowd, some guy, I don't know who he is, jumped on him to, to, you know, cover him, covered him up with his body to, you know, deflect any blows that were coming at him. You know, they didn't come, thank God. And he's like, stop, stop, leave him alone, leave him alone. You know, and other people in the crowd, you know, gave him some space. They actually picked the guy up and escorted him back up to the line. And so soon after that, I start hearing somebody yell, you know, medic, medic. I was a corpsman in the Navy, which is a medic. And I was assigned to... The Marine Corps. The Marine Corps, they don't have their own medical. They're just a fighting force. And so they attach me to a Marine infantry unit as a combat medic. And so I have, you know, that's what my training was in the service. So it's, you know, as instinct, when I start hearing someone yell, medic, I start moving towards that sound. You know, people are pushing away from it. I start moving towards it. It was just instinct. I look and I see this. I thought it was a man at the time, but it turned out to be a woman named Roseanne Boylan. Um, she, she was having CPR on her chest compressions. At this point, I could see she was turning sciatic, you know, purple. And they're doing compressions. I'm like, this isn't good. And the guys who were doing the CPR, I'm seeing a mist of, you know, mace coming down on them. And it's impeding their ability to do the CPR. And so at this point, I reach down on the ground and I grab a shield, put it in Isaac's hand, and I push him in front of the crowd and in front of the uh, police where they're spraying the people doing the mace. I grab a shield myself, 
and I stand there and there was a guy who was in front of me who was, you know, getting into it with the police. And I actually grab him by his shirt and I pull him back. And he's like, get off of me. And he goes back into the police line again. This time I grab his ankle and I yank him back. And I'm like, they're going to kill you. Stop. You know, if this woman's, this man, which I thought, but this woman is already on the ground with this happening. And so we're standing there and we're 10 yards away from the uh, police, you know, where they're spraying mace. And we're just trying to create a separation just so there's like some reprieve, you know, because there's just so much chaos going on up there. Things started escalating pretty quickly. And Isaac, you know, within, he's probably there within five minutes, they get some height on him and they spray him with mace. And I look to the side. His face is covered with it. He just drops the shield. And I turn around and I'm like, hey, someone else come grab this shield. Someone else come grab this shield. And so you see me, you know, waving, you know, like I'm waving people up. Unfortunately, this is where the interview ends. Due to some technical issues, we lost the remaining part of this interview. But we wanted to share what we had. Perhaps we'll get an opportunity shortly to get the remaining part of this together. But I believe as well, we have a good understanding of much of the situation that the James Westbury family is facing. So I encourage prayer for this family and the difficult time that they're going through. I pray for all their provisions. I pray for many in the body of Christ to rally around them. Please share these episodes to get this word out regarding this. You can follow this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to, to continue to get new episodes that will be coming out. Uh, God bless you all.